Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith grouped to the far side of the field. Tight formation. Motion. A.J. Brown from right to left. Eagles in a pistol formation. As Hertz takes the snap, he's back. He's looking. He is going deep, looking for Devontae Smith, who has it all the way down at the 35-yard line. Yeah. Brought down by Julian Love. But what a connection on the first pass of the game for 41 yards. First pass of the game. Second play of the game. Good morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Mack. Now joined by my pal Jody McDonald on a glorious morning in the Delaware Valley. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, G-Mac. How you be, buddy? <laughs> Jody, it was a beatdown. It, it was domination. It was everything working on offense and defense. It was the Eagles back in the groove that we saw them in kind of up to that Chicago game. Jody McDonald, all is well in the kingdom once again. Pick a box, any box, the Eagles checked it last night. It, it, whatever box you want to select, I'm tr- I tried hard this morning to come up with a yeah, but. I guess, uh, unfortunately for you, the Giants had a couple of okay kickoff returns. But that's about no, it. No, they no, got no. it out. I don't, I don't lose on that. It's it's really only the Eagles' return game, so oh, no sweat on okay. that. Okay, all right. Well, the the Giants actually had a couple of – that's it. That, that That's the strength of the game for the New York Giants. They got a couple of good kickoff returns. That's how dominating a performance last night's 38-7 beatdown of the New York Giants was. They basically did everything they wanted to on basically every snap of the game. Yep. Yep. Yep, it was it was remarkable. Um, and by the way, thirty-eight to seven, and this came up a lot late last night, is the exact score that five <laughs> years ago to the date they beat the Minnesota Vikings in the game that took them to the Super Bowl at fifty-two. And this was as dominating a game as that. And they are going back to the NFC, the conference title game next Sunday, three o'clock, Lincoln Financial Field. We will find out the opponent later today. We'll certainly. Spend some time talking about that in detail. But, Jody, they uh, – what's the word I want to use? Horsewhipped the team? Smacked around, spanked the team. Coming off – the Giants were coming off a road victory against a 13, the 13-4 and Minnesota Vikings. Now, I, I know the Vikings were a bit of a fraud team, but you cannot take away that from them. It was a healthy New York Giants. It was a resurgent team. It was, oh, Daniel Jones playing the best football of his career – 
and they just, as you said, Eagles came out and played well in every regard. So let me start by asking you about really what was the biggest question going in, which was the health of Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. how he was going to play coming off the injured shoulder. We just played that 40-yard bomb to Devontae Smith in the second play of the game, which had everybody at the stadium, I'm sure everybody on TV going like, oh, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you to assess Jalen Hurts' performance from start to end last night. Uh, 98%. We, we spent so much time, you and I, last week on a bye week, just wondering all week long here on WIP, ever, well, what's his percentage? What percentage is he going to be able to play? Or it's not going to be 100, but is it going to be 95? Is it going to be 90? If he's 85, is that good enough? If he's only 75, will that affect their play calling? Well, none of us knew. We were all just having fun and speculating. The Eagles are very good at keeping their cards close to their vests. So it's all just pure speculation. You get a couple of media appearances by Jalen Hurts, but he's well-trained from his Saban days not to put the rat poison out there. So he's not going to give you anything. So we had to just hope. That's why... And, yeah, Mac, you know, I've been like you in Philadelphia for 30-plus years. Came from New York, do a national show. So I talked to a lot of different fan bases, and they're all very much alike. But maybe Philadelphia eats its own more than any other town I've ever seen or worked with. The, oh, my. How can you possibly work? 2020 hindsight. But this was going to be a 30-point beatdown. Any of you idiots who worried all week long. It was legit. Those who, who were uh, getting into one of my favorite Glenn Macnow lines, the fetal position, that was <laughs> uncalled for. The Giants weren't that good, and no. even if the quarterback was only going to be 75%, they were probably going to win the game. But those who at least acknowledged, all right, we might not be 100% coming in because we don't know where Jalen's health is at. We don't know how Sirianni is going to call the plays like he did two weeks ago against the Giants, which was overly conservative, or will the entire playbook be uh, be open? We didn't know the answer to that question. Oh, after the first possession when they took it down the field and Jalen ran the ball and he throws a 40-yard pass to start the game and Lane Johnson looks fine, well, then it was over. You knew it was over as soon as they scored that first touchdown because they're just a much better team than the Giants. But the people after the fact who want to call fellow Eagle fans on the carpet, how dare you have any concerns going into this game? God bless you, 2020 hindsight, yeah, you beautiful it's thing. Like, I, I, I don't worry about that. By the way, uh, we do. We certainly want to talk to people this morning because it is a celebration kind of day. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. At 11 o'clock, Ray Dinger is going to join us. I think, Jody, like you and I, and you actually probably stayed up later than I did, Ray is going to be on minimal sleep. I know we had to do the uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia post game last night, but I want his his assessment of it all. And and I mean, you're really correct in that. I I predicted 34 to 20. I know you predicted a pretty comfortable win, but after that first touchdown drive, I thought this is going to be a breeze, and mm-hmm. it was. I want to play it. Here it is. Here's the first touchdown of the game last night that gave the Eagles. Um, the the lead early. Smith in the slot. Now Gainwell goes wide to the far side of the field, empty backfield. Hurts looks. Hurts fires. Complete. He's got Dallas Goddard spinning across the goal line into the end zone. The Eagles score. 
Yeah, they're going to try and play man coverage with Xavier McKinney on Dallas Goddard, and Dallas Goddard is just too physical for him. Runs that little outcut. He puts pressure on the on the inside, breaks away from him. He gets a little bit of a pick from Pascal, but he's wide open, little one-hander, and he gets into the end zone for the touchdown. Merrill Reese and Mike Quick, of course, on the call. They had a great night. Um, and it was great to see Goddard involved early, and that mm-hmm. was a great play, like this casual one-handed snag of the ball. And he rumbles his way in for the touchdown, and that, that had me feeling really good. Um, they, as I think I said, they scored on four of their first five drives. There was never any drama in this thing. We'll get to the defense in a little bit, but the offense was terrific. They didn't throw the ball that much. They didn't have to throw that ball that much. People who complain, I guess I'll rip the fans a little bit here too, or the those who say the Eagles don't run. Holy cow, did they run last <laughs> night, Jody? Yeah, Ray, Ray, Ray Diddy, we won't be able uh, to see him because it's radio, <laughs> but you know he's going to be smiling through our entire uh, interview beaming. this morning. Yeah, 268 rushing yards. They averaged more than six yards a carry, 44 attempts. It's the second most in the history of the franchise, only behind the the 1949 championship Holy game against mackerel. the Rams. I missed that one, Joe. <laughs> you and I both. Yeah, maybe Ray might have seen it. Uh, he would have been a, a tiny tot. Um, but Miles Sanders kind of got it early. He got 90 yards. Kenneth Gainwell. It was the Kenneth Gainwell moment. Yeah. 121 yards from scrimmage, including that touchdown. How about that? And, of course, the giant killer, Boston Scott. Which I couldn't believe, Mac. Uh, you and I, last week was before the Eagle game when we were on. Uh, this week, uh, we're not on until after and part of the celebration. After, uh, I correctly, you got to take uh, Boston Scott anytime touchdown. And you got 3-1 to one last time the Eagles played, two weeks ago. So I said, well, you'll never get that again. And sure enough, I checked it on Friday, and there it is, plus 370. Yeah, three, the odds actually saw. went up. Yes. I cool. said, how can they do that? After he once again, he basically scores a touchdown every time they play. He does it again in a completely meaningless game. You have to drop the odds. No, the odds went up. Yes. And I cashed again. Yes. That was the easiest <laughs> money I've made all year. That's the greatest thing. He's like the mass. He's the good luck charm. He's the mascot. He's And you get the feeling that Nick's kind of in on the joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He gave him several chances to get it in there against the Giants. Yeah, I, I absolutely feel like Nick thought, like, all right, we've got to get Boston Scott his Giants touchdown. Correct. And it paid I, the, for you. The Eagles get, they, they get pleasure out of it that he has become the Giant, that they're third string running back gets to poke the, eye, the Giants in the eye every single game. I had forgotten how he got here, so I looked it up this morning. He was signed by Howie off the Saints practice squad. He was, I forget if he was drafted by the Saints or signed as a rookie free agent by the Saints, but he was obviously not, you know, big name coming out of college. He was on the Saints practice squad. Howie saw something, or the Eagle Scouts saw something. Howie added him, and he's been here now. And I mean, he's a really nice little. I mean, he in fact is little. He's a really nice little player to have in your team. None more so when they play against the New York Giants. Just love it. And, oh, by the way, he's given Glenn Mack now at least a punch's chance, or is the bet already been decided? No, so the way the bet with Mike Sealski, the Super Football Bet of the Year, 
uh, is basically um, centered on Eagles, the Eagles return game. And without going into details, when the Eagles get a good return kicker for punt, I get a point. And when they screw one up, Mike gets a point. And it it's tied 7-7 at the end of the regular season. So we have agreed to take it throughout the postseason, wherever that goes. Well, and, and no points were no points were added last night. So so Boston Scott can be the giant killer and or the Mike Sealski killer if he gets a couple of big runbacks next week is what you're would, telling me. Would be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go to the phones, one other thing I do want to put in here because um I thought all of the Eagles coaches, and particularly Nick and, and Shane Steichen and um, Jonathan Gannon, did a terrific job last night. And, I, I mean, we can. We don't need to get into the narrative of all the abuse and criticism that Jonathan Gannon gets. Actually, Nick brought that up after the, after the uh, game, specifically mentioning Andrew, by the way. Yes. Who I know we'll have a good time with that tomorrow morning. But it was a brilliant game plan all around, and Gannon did not play it soft against Daniel Jones and the and the Giants because they love to dink and dunk in that short intermediate game. And I thought Gannon had a very aggressive game plan. He blitzed, he blitzed, he rattled the quarterback uh, Daniel Jones, and they pressured him all night. They had five sacks. Giants couldn't pass the ball from the start. And to me, that that decided the game on on that side of the ball right away. And yeah, I'm one of those get more Gannon defenders than detractors. I I think the guy is one of the best defensive coordinators in the National Football League. And there are there's a percentage of Eagle fans that just can't move past 1990 and realize the game is now being played in 2022 and just refuse to adapt that the game is not the same in the NFL the way it used to be. It, uh, he's another one of those guys where, where you, you're almost forced to get on one side or the other. And if you're going to force me, I'm on the pro-Gannon side. But there, there can never be a happy middle here in this town where you go, I, yeah, I'd like to see him blitz more, but how can I complain when we lead the National Football League in sacks? That's the most important stat, and they got 70 sacks as a team this year. Uh, it just amazes me that people have to get to those. Either he's the greatest defensive coordinator ever, that's his defenders who feel they must go to that end to try and fight off those who foolishly critique him as one of the best defense coordinators. It does leave me scratching my head, Glenn. Yeah, and a great job by him. And there's a very good chance that Jonathan Gannon at the end of this season will move somewhere to get a head coaching job. And his legacy will be very, very complex and confusing in this town but i as you said the numbers back up that he has had a terrific season throughout i mean you remember last year they had 29 sacks this year they had 70 sacks they had five sacks last night and a lot of that's personnel hassan reddick oof, what a game he had <clears throat> excuse me great game uh sweat had a great game also yeah. giants had 227 total yards last night the giants that was it was great, Jody. It was just amazing. And let me just add this: uh, that that I think has gone under the radar, at least in listening to the post game stuff and here on WIP and every and leading up to the game too. What was undersold coming into this contest was the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. All right, Elaine Johnson was a quasi question mark. I really didn't question it because we've seen enough of Lane play in pain before. He is a true warrior, one of the toughest players in the National Football League. 
I had less questions about Lane Johnson than I did Jalen Hurts coming into the game. But if Lane Johnson was, and getting back to the fictional percentage numbers, if he was 80%, the Eagles were going to have the best offensive line in football. If he was 60%, I still might say the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. And the Giants' defensive line has got some solid players. Thibodeau's a young kid, but Williams and uh, their interior uh, guy, Lawrence, are are two of the better inside guys. Yeah, Lawrence is terrific. But they just weren't going to do it again. This isn't the Minnesota Viking line they were going up against. This is the best offensive line in football. And guess what? They carved up that giant defense like a turkey on Thanksgiving. The run blocking was terrific. I mean, the pass blocking was great because I don't remember Hurts getting touched more than once or twice, and the run blocking was great. I don't know how Lane Johnson feels this morning. He's probably having a rough time getting out of bed, and it's probably going to take him a couple of days to feel okay. But, yeah, he did a job last night. Mylotta did a job. Kelsey did a job. They had the same model. They all, they all did a terrific job. Dickerson, the young kid, did a nice job. He got shaken up. There were several times during the game – when I would look down there and you'd see like, oh, no, Jason Kelsey's limping. You know, Dickerson got hurt on that play. But those guys, man, they just they are tough and they come out and they were they were magnificent. Uh, it's all magnificent. So let's see what the people have to say. We'll start with Jimmy in Oak Lynn. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey there, Jimmy. Hey, good morning, fellas. Oh, happy day. You got it. Man, they showed a lot of heart and fire last night. I haven't seen that kind of dominance on both sides of the ball in about eight or ten weeks. Yeah, That's they were fair. back to uh, they were back to what they were. I think the last game before this that was this dominant was hey, the first Giants game. Giants game. Yep. Amen to that. Uh, they look strong. They look rested. They look healthy. Uh, Lane Johnson looked like he was laboring on a couple plays. I hope uh, he's able to manage that okay. And, uh, man, I can't even imagine if you add Asante Samuel to the mix what we're going to look like. Uh, I think you the- mean Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox. I'm sorry. <laughs> Although I take Asante Samuel Jr. He's a pretty nice player. But my bad. My bad. That's all right. We know what you mean. Yeah, and I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. He didn't practice at all this last week. They haven't put him on IR. Jody, I think their best hope is that you got now three weeks to the Super Bowl, that that's the target date? I I got no idea. Again, the Eagles play their cards very close to the vest. You can only read in what you want between the lines, the fact that he didn't even uh, get out there for practice, uh, limited in any way, stretch, or form. Yeah, I, I would say it's unlikely he plays next week, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. And the secondary did it. Listen, secondary did a great job last night. Uh, prob- well, well, we'll get into next week uh, later and look at the potential of the, who they face next week. V and Sharon Hill is with us. Hey, V. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jody. Last uh, night hey. was amazing. Yes, God. ma'am. Oh, my God. They beat down the Giants. And after all that smack talk, I was so happy. I just knew that the Eagles were going to win. I feel really good now. Before, I've been like, you know, we're winning, we're winning. Now I know. Now I know what's going to happen in the end. We're going to do this. We're going to we're going to go all the way. It was like after the first two plays, I realized, oh, we got this. Yes, we it was that sec- the second play. <laughs> the Hurts passed it to Smith, 
And it's like, oh, everything is fine in the kingdom once again. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I think that you just said something that I thoroughly agree with. People were very nervous in this town going into this week. And I kind of get it because they hadn't, as we've said all along, they hadn't seen the version of the Eagles that was dominant since that last Giants game. They needed to see it. And, boy, you saw it early. And now you think, okay, they can win next week. They can go to the Super Bowl. They can beat one of those AFC teams. They got a real shot, fee. It was like the same way we felt when Nick Foles came in. We weren't sure, and then we watched. We said, oh, we're good. We're good. (laughs) It's that same feeling. So, yeah, I know we're going to do it. It's a great journey. And home next week. Yes. All right. V, good stuff. Yeah, Jody, I will tell you that I put up a poll on Twitter this morning asking Eagle fans who they want to play next week who they would rather now that you have the day to sit back and relax and just watch that game without any worry and when we come back i want to ask you who you want to see the eagles play next week and we'll take a look at the poll 215-592-9494 with jody mcdonald i'm glenn mack now a celebratory morning on 94 wip to the gun Hurts screens it out on the far side to Devontae Smith. Across the five, into the end zone. Touchdown, Devontae Smith. What a great job by A.J. Brown on the outside. The dynamic duo. A.J. Brown gets the block. Devontae Smith gets that little quick pass, and he just sprints to the end zone. That was the second touchdown of the game, the second drive of the game. Nine plays, 52 yards, took up more than four minutes. Jody, they just, uh, what was the way that Hankstrom used to say it, matriculated the ball down the field. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was it. And um, Mike Quick makes note of it on that play. It was a terrific block by A.J. Brown to, to uh, help him score. A.J. Brown didn't have much of a game last night in terms of stats, just three catches for 22 yards. Got hurt at one point, got shaken up. Uh, and Nick took him out of the game. AJ was seen on the bench looking unhappy. People were speculating what it was about. I think it was because he was taken out and because he was a little bit hurt. But, but, I'm, I don't want to get off topic. Second drive of the game, um, Jody, at that point, it's it just looked so easy, right? Like I said previously, they carved them up like a Thanksgiving turkey. It was whatever they called worked, and it was a tremendous game plan put in place and then uh, put into action by Jalen Hurts, but give Shane Steichen a ton of credit because I- I'm being honest here. Coming into the- I thought the Eagles would win. I predict the Eagles were going to win. I predicted the Eagles would win by double digits, but I, I legitimately didn't know what Jalen Hurts' physical status was or how the coaching staff would react to it Full go. The, the, no quite, the first possession, second possession, third, just continuously doing whatever they wanted to do. And that changed Steichen calling the plays, and you got to give him the nod for it. Yeah, it really did a good job. I remember when Nick, um, in the, or actually it occurred last year, decided, you know what, I'm not going to make the calls, call the plays. I'm going to let Steichen call the plays. Mm-hmm. And some people criticized Nick for that, which I didn't get. I thought it was really smart, and I saw a statistic going into this weekend that I think it was six of the eight teams playing this weekend, the head coach doesn't call the plays. It's the offensive coordinator. Uh, And it just seems really smart. Nick's Nick's got a lot on his plate. He's got to watch the game. He's got to look at everything. I don't need him. I know this will suggest Andy Reid. 
sticking having his face looking at a big play chart all game. You know one thing that you never see with this team? You never see them called for a delay of game, ever. You never see it where the quarterback's waiting for the play to come in as the head coach is figuring it out. And I think that's because they divided the job. Nick delegated it, and Steichen's good at it. My partner, John McMullen on Birds 365, likes to call coaches like that CEO coaches because they're CEOs. They, they hire smart people underneath them who understand what they want. They don't have to have hands-on 24-7. They get good people around them, and Sirianni did that with Steichen, first hired him, then turned it over to him. Don't kid yourself. This is a Nick Sirianni offense, but the actual implementation on game day is turned over to Shane Steichen, and, man, did he get it right yesterday. Yeah, well said. Uh, let me take a call, and then we'll get into the uh, the prospect of who the Eagles will play next Sunday. Matt in Claymont is with us. Good morning, Matt. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, you kind of took my thunder there. Yeah, no, no um, delay of game penalties. This team is so well practiced. They're so well ready for these games. There's not yeah. those offsides. You know, I mean, there's some subjective penalties holding and all that, but the the basic practice penalties you can see are not happening there. And how many penalties were there last night? There couldn't have been. I remember there was a motion penalty early. Delay a game on the punt. Yeah, well, that was yeah. right, intentional, right. But <laughs> was, you know, I also like the one where they look like they're going to go for two points. That was a fun, yeah, fun little wrinkle. That was pretty funny. I was kind of hoping yeah. to do something there. But, yes. um, you know, th- this defense is incredible. And if it, the Giants thought this, I, I knew this quarterback was not going to be trotting around like he did against the Vikings. And, and I knew that going into this game, we were at a big advantage. We scored six times on him with a backup quarterback the last time we played him. I guess it's just a Philly thing, you know. We're always nervous, and but there was a calm this week that I've well, not seen. In this. Absolutely, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yes. you know, and I think it's almost like the Red Sox syndrome. We finally got over the hump, and you know, Philadelphia. The, the hype didn't build till Saturday. You know, just is a different vibe. It's a good vibe, but it's not like it used to be. I don't know how to describe it, but I think I can this feel week it. is going to be really different because last week was coming off of that final game of the year, which you know nobody knew what that meant, and the two losses to Dallas and New Orleans. Jody, I think this week the confidence level, whether they play the Cowboys or the Niners, is going to be very high. As do I, but I think the confidence level should be different depending on which of those two teams they play. Well, we're going to get into that in a second. Anything else there, Matt? Uh, Defense wins championships, lads. We know that. So let's go, Birds, and uh, we'll be in the Super Bowl, I think. All right, there you go. The defense was great. Let me add to his point. Yeah. The Giants' offense in the first half last uh, last night, first possession, they get a couple of first downs, they get into Eagle territory, look like they might be able to answer the Eagle touchdown. Third and three, sack, fourth and eight. They're right on the cusp of you could let Gano try a long field goal or you could punt or you could go for it on fourth and eight. And Dayball decides to go for it. And, of course, they get sacked again, which gives the Eagles a short field. Another touchdown. If you aren't confident after 7 nothing, your confidence is risen at 14 nothing. But then they follow it up. Bradford interception, second play of the next possession. Three and out. Three and out. Yep. Three and out. Five possessions. One turnover on downs. One turnover. And three three and outs. That's stone-cold domination. We, we're talking about how the Eagles' offense just carved up the Giants' defense. 
Well, the, the, the Eagle defense was equally dominant in the first half. They just slammed the door right on the New York Giants' face. They couldn't get anything going. They, they, they had the one long run late by Saquon Barkley, right, when the game was already decided. Other than that, I don't know that they had, as they call it, the splash play. Nope. Right? I mean, they, they got nothing going. They got 100. Jones had 135 passing yards. That's before the sacks that took away, whatever, 40 of those. Uh, Barkley had 61 rushing yards. They, they had nothing going. All right, so I mentioned this to you, and as soon as the game ended last night, of course, the talk, people headed back to the parking lot, people watching on TV, is, all right, who they play next week. Uh, 6.30 tonight will be the Cowboys at San Francisco. Niners, you know the, the spread currently? Niners are favorite. I don't. I lost four track. Points. Four points. It, it was that. three. It's ticked up to four, but it has not moved much. It opened at the 49ers favorite by three. And it's moved up slightly to four-point favoritism. Okay. So they're a favorite, but not that's not prohibitive. I put on Twitter this morning, who do you want the Eagles to face next Sunday? Wow. I There's more than 500 – excuse me. There's more than 5,000 votes already. People are nice. charged up for this one. You can follow me on Twitter at RealGlennMack. Now, you are at Jody Mackman? Is that Correct. what you're at? Correct. Okay, J-O-D-Y-M-A-C-M-A-N. All right, so you can follow us on Twitter, and if you go to mine, you can vote on this. I kept it up, actually, till 6 o'clock tonight, so it goes almost right up to game time. 5,040 votes so far. Actually, let me refresh it. Maybe a couple more. I don't think it's going to change the percentage. 5,085 votes now. Uh, make a prediction, Jody. How many – what's the percentage of people who want to play the Cowboys versus the Niners? I don't have it punched up right now. Give me the way that you worded the question. All right, the question is, so who do you want the Eagles to face in the NFC title game next Sunday? All right, so it's just a preference, and you can take preference any way you want. Yep. If you said which of the two opponents would give the Eagles a better chance to win – that is a, a different question. It's similar, but it's different. The way you wrote it, I'd say at least 2-1 to one Dallas because a percentage of those who vote for Dallas want Dallas just because they want Dallas and they want to beat Dallas again. They want to stick their eye just like they did stick their thumb in the eye of the Giants. They want to do the same to the Cowboys uh, next week. So, so my guess is more than two-thirds will say they want Dallas. Right, give me a number. 68 percent all right well man of the 90s had to be within five percent so you win but barely <laughs> that was you know that was a fun bit we used to do yes it was and we could do it but uh i think we're a little removed from the 90s but anyway uh not quite 64 percent dallas 36 percent san francisco i'm hard on the side of dallas oh there it is <laughs> nice job, Dan Wilson. I'm all about Dallas, and it's really for the two reasons. They're separate but equal in my mind. One is I think it's an easier team, and I'll let you expound on that because I know you believe that. And the second one is just the storyline. I think it would be epic. Dallas, which has not been in, in a championship game for however many decades, the rival of all rivals. You beat the one rival, New York, this week. To come back and face your other NFC East rival, by the way, speaks well for the division. Face If you were to face your other NFC East rival in the championship game and 
beat them here, it would be an all-timer. People still talk about that 1980 Wilbur Montgomery game. Mm -hmm. This would be that. So that's my vote. What's your vote? Same exact, uh, for the same exact reasons, as a matter of fact. But I would lean more heavily toward, and some people don't even believe in this. They, they Their mantra is, you, you, you have to be tremendously tested along the way to get the biggest prize at the end, the best. You want to beat the best every single way. You want to be totally challenged. I got no problems taking an easier route to a championship. Does this... <laughs> Does anybody say it? Oh, yeah, but they didn't beat it. No. Hey. Do you not go to the parade because you don't think they beat the toughest teams on the way there? No. You want Life is trying to make everything that you can easier for yourself. Yes. So let, me, yes. let me interrupt for one second. Sure. I, and here's the example. Were the 2008 Rays the best team in the American League? Absolutely not. Was the Philly championship pretty cool? Absolutely. So. You know, so I'm the, sorry. the few, the proud, the Negadelphians. Well, oh yeah, you didn't beat Boston, but that percentage is so small, you just laugh and move on. Uh, yeah, I I am legitimately concerned over the San Francisco 49ers. They've won 11 straight games, Mac, 11 in a row going into today's game. If if it's the Niners and the Eagles next week, I'll probably tick some people off here, but it's what I believe. If it's the Niners and the Eagles, the Eagles will have the second-best defense on the field that day. The yeah. 49ers are the best defense in the National Football League. Not in the NFC, in the entire National Football League. The two best defenses in the entire National Football League could be facing off next week if it's the Eagles in San Francisco. I believe that. They might be the two best defenses. Take your AFC. Sorry, uh, Mac, as a Buffalo guy. Uh, Andy Sorry. Reid, we love you, but we know you're about offense. Um, uh, no, the two best defense in all of football are the Eagles and the 49ers. Yeah, give me the Cowboys. Uh, the, the the Eagles beat the Cowboys handily earlier in the season. Yeah, I know Dak didn't play, um, but uh, that's Dak's problem. That's not the Eagles' problem. Um, we'll see what Dak does today. He did kind of step up last week and had a good game against Tampa Bay, and maybe he's got some of those playoff jitters behind him. But still, give me the Cowboys. They're the easier of the two, the easier uh, path to the Super Bowl. I would rather see Dallas for that reason. Yeah, I think the Eagles' offense against the Dallas secondary is a favorable matchup. I think the Dallas offensive line is not particularly special. You know, the big argument for the Niners is you got Purdy, a kid, the rookie, the, the Mr. Irrelevant, who's played over his head, bring him into the stadium for a big game. It's going to be tough. And maybe that's true. I'm not going to say that's not. But he's got so many weapons, and they don't put him in a bad position. Listen, I think the Eagles could win either game. Yep. I think the Eagles would be favored in both games. Eagles Niners probably what a point and a half, two points. And if it's less than a field goal, that that yeah. means on a neutral yeah. site yeah. that the 49ers would actually be considered the slightest of slight favorites, but a favorite just the same. If the Cowboys win the game today, and I'm assuming the Cowboys aren't going to win by three touchdowns out in San Francisco today. The Eagles are going to be a four, four and yeah. a half, five. That's point exactly favorite. where I was going. I was going to say four and a half. Yeah, that's a that that's a difference. Yeah, and that's why you would rather play the Cowboys than the 49ers. I'm with you. Let's get Jeff in Wilmington here. Jeff, you feeling good about Guys. next week? Oh heck yeah! And I'm with. I think I'm with both of you. Definitely want the Cowboys. It's a, you know, it's a little bit. I think they're the lesser of the two teams. 
And for you guys and everybody else that calls, the storyline is just it, – it can't get much better than that. No, it would, it would be an all-time record ratings week on Look, 94 WIP, which we don't mind either. Now, as someone who went to both of the uh, playoff games in 2018 with my son and then took my daughter to the parade, I didn't think about one of those teams while we were standing there cheering that parade. Not one. Didn't care. We, we won. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody. You know, um, uh, but yesterday, the game last night, I mean, we dominate. We, the Eagles, dominated pretty much every statistic, uh, you know, basic game statistics. Really, the only one they lost was the penalties, and that was only 25 yards worth of penalties. I mean, it was – I just yeah, thought it was, it was a clean really game. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was really cool how we opened up with a run. They were, like, basically just saying, hey, we can do this, just – we're just going to go ahead and pass the ball and get a couple of touchdowns, and then we'll go back to the run. Because that's kind of what they did. Exactly. Yeah, you know, they, they, I, I, I'm an old school guy, and I kind of had to come around to that way of thinking of the pass first and then run. But I like it. And I think these guys know what they're doing. They've formulated game plans to uh, accommodate pretty much whatever they need uh, per game. So I, I'm, I'm in. I mean, always have been, but I like these guys. Yeah, that's coordinators. Yeah, no, I hear you. Jody, is this possible that this is a week where there is no criticism of the head coach or either of the coordinators? Is it possible? Are, are you speaking generally or are you speaking specifically? Because there will always be people. It's just uh, a given. That when I say no, I mean 98%. 98%. I don't mean the fringe elements who you know, right. wear um, tinfoil hats. I'm talking about I'll the, give you, the I'll vast give you 90. populace. I'll give you 90. I think it'll be 90% bring on whoever. Hey, Dallas, San Francisco, it doesn't matter. We're going to win this game. We've now reestablished ourselves. Uh, the thing that bothered me was, yes, people were, those that were overtly nervous and actually giving the Giants a chance to win the game, were focusing on the last three games, and that's legit, but they were completely forgetting the first 14 games. They were 13-1. and one. Yeah. They, they were lost the most one game dominant. with Jalen Hurts all year. Exactly. And yeah. people were, like, forgetting that that happened and could only focus on these last three games, two of which Gardner Minshew quarterbacked, which I thought was a, a major oversight. Recency bias can be a thing. You know? Yeah, it is. 215-592-9494. Ray Dinger is going to join us at 11 o'clock. We're going to take your calls all day. I love a day like this where, you know, we just kind of get to bask in the afterglow of victory. There you go. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. It is the playoffs for the National Football League. Best time of year. And, oh, by the way, other sports aren't going. Flyers and Sixers both won yesterday. Pretty damn good day for Philadelphia sports. There's so much action going on in the world of sports. The Bet Park Sportsbook Casino app has you covered on all of it. Get odds, bets, slots, and games right in the palm of your hand. Safe, secure, very easy to use. The official sportsbook of the real Philly sports fan. The only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend and play with. Got my... Uh, Boston Scott, anytime touchdown. Thank you very much. Bet more than just the score. Bet on those player props like Boston Scott touchdowns. And you also have live in-game betting. If you've got a game handicapped well, double down at halftime of the game. You can bet during the game and be part of the action as it unfolds. Join me now. New users, you can get up to $750 in a sportsbook bonus pack if your first bet isn't the winner. Download the app. Start playing instantly. They go to a pistol formation. Jones takes it. 
He looks, he fires, it's intercepted, it's picked off. It's James Bradbury, the former Giant, and the Eagles are in Giants territory again. What a marvelous revenge game for uh, James Bradbury last night. Of course, he was with the Giants. They, Their previous general manager, Gittleman, screwed up their uh, salary cap so much that they could not keep him. He came here on a one-year deal. Boy, Jody, if there's a guy who bet on himself well because he's a free agent at the end of the year, it is James Bradbury. He earned, he has earned himself a pretty good contract for the future. And, oh, by the way, he was on the record as saying one of the reasons, not the only reason, and maybe not even the top reason that he came to Philadelphia was, oh, he wanted to stick it to the Giants. He was not happy that he was released by the New York Giants. He played for less year than what he was scheduled to make had he stayed with the Giants and uh, the next year of his contract had kicked in. So he was a very motivated guy. Entire year, but yeah. specifically in the matchups against the Eagles, uh, against the Giants, oh yeah, as motivated as they come. And last night was especially good because, I don't want to say this, okay, because the Eagles put so much pressure on Daniel Jones because Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and Fletcher Cox and Graham gave him no broom to breathe. The Giants were pretty much limited to short passes, and Bradbury was, like, driving on the ball and knowing where the Giants receivers are going to go not give him any room to breathe. And it was, you know, the, the defensive line, this is obvious what I'm going to say, so helped the secondary and vice versa that it was great. Not to focus too much on the Giants, but if I'm them, off-season priority, they they may want to get a go-to receiver. Oh, that's a given. Um, yeah. And they, the their Giants, wideouts really are nothing. But here's the problem with the Giants going forward, and the Giants, because the NFC East was as good as it was, it highlights how great a season the Eagles had. Cowboys still standing. The Giants were standing till last night. Um, even the Commanders finished. 500 using three different quarterbacks. It's a really tough division. Uh, but the Giants showed some mass improvement. I said this last night on my CBS show. After the two games yesterday, I thought it was a win-win-win-win-win scenario. The Kansas City Chiefs had to win because they're expected to be the AFC championship game, and they did. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. doing so on one foot. The Eagles... After getting out to a 13-1 and start, I mean, they got to be in the NFC Championship game. Well, they are. The Jaguars weren't supposed to be anywhere this year. They were the last team. They, they had the first pick in the draft. They had the worst record in the league. And sure enough, they're sitting here, divisional championship game, and cut it to a touchdown late. And the Giants yeah, were in rebuild. Yep. The, the Jags went uh, down with honor. You're right. And the Giants, this was a rebuilding year for the Giants. They cut yeah. James Bradbury. They weren't supposed to be above 500. They weren't supposed to be in the playoffs. They weren't supposed to win a playoff game, which they did. Yeah. So everybody came out a winner last night. Yeah, and they got, the Giants know they have a coach who's a real coach. And bad as Daniel Jones was last night, I think they now know that they, you know, they're going to stick with him. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. All four Giants fans don't feel good this morning. Right. But overall, they should, although Frankie and Roxborough appears to disagree with this. Yes. Thanks for taking my call, guys. And uh, what a victory. Uh, Thank you, beauty. The thing I want to say is um, uh, Sirianni outcoached Brian Dable. All week, people were talking about how great – Daniel Jones is, he's, he's arrived, uh, 
the wide receivers, Hodges, he had, he's been playing great. They picked him off some, some practice squads. And the game plan, I just got to give props to all the coaches. Three phases. Uh, defense, offense, coordinator, special teams. Uh, they just... They just had a complete game yesterday. Sure did. That's what I believe. You got and, it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and tell you the truth, Jody, I'm not, I'm not afraid of either San Francisco or Dallas, because if we if we don't turn the ball over, I think we can beat anybody. All right. I'll I'll, I'll take your word and I'll change it. And you, you, I can't tell you how to believe or how to feel, but you use the word fear. I, I'm with you. I don't think the Eagles should fear anyone. But I think you better respect the 49ers. That's all I'm saying. If you want to hold back respect for the Cowboys, I'm not going to tell you to change your mind. But if you don't show the 49ers respect, I think you're making a mistake. Yeah, they're pretty good. They've, well, they won 11 in a row. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's that says something. Uh, self in North Philly, I think he would rather What's play going the on, Niners. Fellas? Is that correct? You want to play the Niners? I want to play the Niners, man. Listen, I got I got a a two F word, right? Fake faith and fanfare. I'm tired of the Cowboys, and as an Eagle fan and an extreme Cowboy hater, I never want them to win anything. <laughs> I want them to get sent home, and I liken this to boxing, right? If you're the number one boxer and you got the belt. You got to fight that man that's next in line, who they say can beat you and is the best. Uh, Jody Jody talked about – let me – I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Jody talked about this earlier, and I agree with him. At the end of the year, when it's a parade and when you have the trophy and you look back at the championship, I don't care who they beat. And if it's an easier road, I find no – it doesn't devalue it to me even a little bit. Yeah, but you can't call yourself the best if you don't play the best. Oh, I don't know. Play who, the won the, who won the World Series in 2008? I don't know who won the World Series in oh, 2008. Well, I'll give you a clue. It was the Phillies. Do you think they feel bad because they didn't beat the best team because that team got knocked out that's, before? That's, that's, that, listen, that's a different, that's a different uh, you know, basket. Like, I'm talking about football here. We got the number one and the number two. And I, I personally think the ratings will be higher for a San Fran Eagle game. Yeah, that's another thing I don't care about. Do I really (laughs) care about the television ratings? I care about the outcome of the game. Do I care one iota whether Fox does a a 21.6 or a 19.8 rating? Stop. Who the hell cares about that? The only thing that matters is the outcome of the game. Yes, the thing I care least about is Fox's bottom line. Uh, and by the way, I even disagree with the premise. I think an Eagles-Dallas game would get amazing ratings, but I don't care. I know it'll get great ratings here either way. Corey in Pottstown is with us. Hey, Corey. Hey, guys. How's it going today? It's a beautiful day after an Eagles win, of course. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, one thing about the uh, – couple things about the game last night, and then I'll tell you why I want San Francisco. Um, I thought – the turning point of the game, as much as I love the front of my seat, love me not having to sit on it uh, during the game because the Eagles just were killing them. Why Dayball went, punted the ball with 12 minutes left to go on a fourth and five. Yeah. 
I don't understand that move. So that listen, I don't think the Giants were going to come back and win, but what, that move seemed really that seemed like a coach. That, that was a white flag, Jody. I saw that as a white flag of surrender. Yep. I don't know how you viewed I it. I sure did too. Jody, I was wondering about that. Absolutely, and in the first half. Uh, I, there were three choices when they had the fourth and eight. They had third and three, lose five, now it's fourth and eight. Three choices there. You let Gano try a 57-yard field goal. Uh, discretion is a better part of value punt. You go for it on fourth and eight. Going for it would have been my third choice. That's what he did. Get sacked again, and the Eagles get a short field. Absolutely, yep. Uh, I didn't understand. So, I, I don't say he coached scared, but – that that was the one that made me scratch my head. Uh, even if they make it and score, it's still a two score you know what game. It is? He had he had nothing left. He had no more answers. Right. Nothing Absolutely. was working. I mean, I really think it was a white flag. Nothing was working. He couldn't run right. it on that. The passing game. Daniel Jones is going to get crunched. It's like yeah, punt. I I viewed it as <laughs> as kind of okay. We're done. Yeah. Warm up the buses. <laughs> yeah. Let and, me, and let that's me t- yeah. Real quick. Yeah, let me tell you guys why I want San Francisco. There's a couple of reasons why. One, on their 11-game winning streak, the 49ers never came to the East Coast. Two, uh, with that said, the last 11 games that they played, they didn't play in any weather below 50 degrees. Um, I'm not saying that's a determining factor, but San Francisco coming on the East Coast, three hours difference, Coming in weather that's probably going to be in the, at three o'clock in the afternoon could be in the forties, going down to the thirties. I, I think that makes a difference when a team has not played in cold weather in two months. I think it makes a difference. Well, first of all, it, it ain't that cold here, and second right. of all, I've been to San Francisco. San Francisco is not San Diego. San Francisco is cold. I got to tell you, one of the coldest times I ever had in my life was when I went to the Phillies-San Francisco, it was a 2010, I guess, playoffs, and sat in that stadium. San Francisco's pretty cold. That's not tropical. I don't think the weather makes a difference. Flying across the country, yeah, but, uh, you know, so what did you, what did you get, a half a point for that? And, oh, by the way, Brock Purdy, their quarterback, Iowa kid. Uh, so it's it's not like they got a Texas quarterback or a southern sunny California quarterback. They got an Iowa kid running the show these days. I, I don't think he will be so flummoxed by 34 and a slight breeze at the Lincoln Financial Field next week that he's not going to be able to play. Good use of flummoxed. I enjoyed that. 215-592-9494. Ray Dinger coming up top of the hour. Stay tuned for that and your calls. Hey, if the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafty windows and doors, there is no better time to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guida's big winter sale than right now. The great people at Guida Door and Window are extending their big winter sale through January by offering 40% off every window and door you buy. Now you receive 40% off each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window that also includes free, high-performance, low-E glass, and if you need a new door, well, you get 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Take advantage of God's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans. Get your project started with no money out of pocket. Offers for a limited time only. you got to act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. 
first and goal at the two. High snap. Give goes to Boston Scott. He pushes forward. He's in for the touchdown. The giant killer has another one. He just runs under everybody. <laughs> he's powerful. He's low to the ground. And he has the moves to get the ball into the end zone. It's just a three-yard run, but it's a fantastic three-yard run. Merrill, that was great. That's the one that took it to 21 to nothing. And, yes, Boston Scott, giant killer. Wink Martindale uh, during the week said, I don't know anything about Boston Scott, giant killer. And I think, and Ray Dinger joined us, my pal, uh, Jody's pal. Jody, I think Nick Sirianni's kind of in on the Boston Scott thing. And as long as it was a comfortable game, he was going to make sure Boston Scott got that touchdown. To use a very new millennial term that neither you, I, or Ray were using 10 years ago, he's trolling them. Yeah. There's no question in my mind that he's trolling them when he gives Boston's got the ball down by the goal line. It's said, yeah, go ahead, stick it in their eye again, Boston. Ray, what do you think? <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> um, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. If you, know, if, if you look at – we did a chart on the, uh, on the pregame show last night um, of Boston Scott's career of his career numbers and then how much of those career numbers were were against the Giants and it's it's just ridiculous you know like 58% of his touchdowns are against the Giants 48% of his receiving yards are against the Giants uh it's uh, it speaks to how bad the Giants have been on defense for the last 5 years that's that's certainly part <laughs> that's certainly part of it uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt when they got down close and I saw Scott come on the field, I said, I know exactly what Nick's going for here. It was, it was, it was, it was very funny to anybody who didn't have a giant's rooting interest. So early in the game, well, I'm going to even back up going into the game. I think everybody needed to see, okay, how is Jalen Hurts going to be? How is Nick going to structure the offense based on Hurts's health? And I will ask you for Eagle fans, what did they see on that first drive, and how how should it have put them at ease? No, they saw everything, and that was the whole point. I mean, that was I, I thought that um, that Nick and uh, and and Shane Strachan did a masterful job of writing the script for the start of the game, uh, because I, I guarantee you one of the things that they wanted to do was that, that let's let's show Wink everything. You know, let's let's throw let's throw short, let's throw deep, let's run up between the tackles, let's run some RPO, let's do let's do just enough stuff that they can't begin to say, okay, we can eliminate this and we can eliminate that the way they did in the final game of the regular season. I mean, they saw they saw very early in the final game of the regular season that look, they're not going to run RPO. That's that, that's out the window today. So they're going to play a much more conventional offense. He's probably going to be in the pocket more than he has been before. I just saw Martindale, you know, went back to being what he normally is, which is a heavy blitz coach, and they they got pretty good pressure. I mean, more than they probably should have. Um, so in this game, they didn't want to give them that advantage. They wanted to come out and in the first in the very first series run a little bit of everything and make the Giants be defensive, and they were. And you know, the game could not, it really could not have played out better for the Eagles because the Giants. I mean, the Giants have, have certainly made tremendous progress this year under Brian Dable, and, and props to him for doing a really good job. But they're a team that's – they're not a team that's built to overcome leads. They, they, have to, they have to hang with you. They have to slow the game down. And the best thing they have are Barkley running the ball and, and Daniel Jones kind of running the ball. They're RPO. They're new RPO series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have to stay close to you 
um, to to run that stuff. If they get into a game where they're down 14 nothing before you can blink, then all of a sudden they become a much more conventional throw-it-down-the-field offense, and they just don't have the weapons to win that way. Ray Diddy, you, me, Glenn, and basically every Eagle fan in Delaware Valley like to have fun projecting and predicting how something's going to go before it ever takes place, and that's lead up to every game that the Eagles play, specifically playoff games. And then the ball gets snapped, and then it's up to the players. And that's one of the things that I think was underemphasized all week long. People just didn't lean hard enough on the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. Right. And when push comes to shove, the Eagles are going to push and shove the Giants' defense around if Lane Johnson is right and if Shane Steichen's got his full playbook uh, ready to rock and roll and they're not going to have any problems calling any play. And that's exactly what happened. And, and shame on me, shame on a lot of Eagle fans and everybody else. We just didn't account enough for, yeah, the Eagles' offensive line is going to dominate the giant defense. Yeah, I mean, and that's if, if you looked at the matchups just on paper, you would say, yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And certainly if you went back and you looked at the tape of the game up in the Meadowlands a month ago, that absolutely was true. Yeah. I, mean, the Eagles, the, I mean, the Eagles just owned the line of scrimmage, as, as they have most, most weeks this year. Because their offensive line, it is that good. It, re- it really is that good. The, I mean, kind of the, the X factor that none of us could really answer till last night was, you know, how good is Lane Johnson going to be? Mm-hmm. Because if you're talking about winning the battle at the line of scrimmage, he's a big part of that. And I wasn't sure, given the nature of the kind of injury he was going to try and play with, just how effective he was going to be. And I guess, you, I mean, you guys probably saw it same as I saw it. In the first, very early in the game, he, he had a moment there where um, he sort of got uh, he, he, he sort of got tripped and uh, and he yeah. and it looked like it looked like he re-injured himself like he yes. was he, he was he, yes. he, he hopped he had a couple of hop steps and then he limped and I thought uh oh um, but you know he went back to the sidelines and he came back and didn't miss a snap and he looked fine the rest of the game but that was a little scary that was a little scary because he's you know sometimes when you have a great player and I don't use that term. I don't use that term often or easily, um, but I mean Lane Johnson's a great player, uh, and sometimes when you have a guy who's who's that good, um, sometimes you'll, you take him for granted. You know, uh, I mean he doesn't get in terms of the typical TV coverage. I mean Jason Kelsey gets a ton of TV coverage because it's easy to ISO the center, and the yeah, broadcast personality, and and the broadcasters love him, uh, and he's got a great personality yeah, and the numbers fact- outfit. Yeah. yeah, well, and the fact is, he does play a very interesting game at the center position. There aren't a whole lot of guys around the league playing that position that can do the things he can do. So, he, so for the telestrator guys, for the telestrator guys, um, he's he's a fascinating subject because uh, there, there are things that you can show with him that you can just say, look at this, look at this, look at this. look. This is why this play succeeded. It was because of this, and that's it's very instructional and it's and it's helped create the, the legend of Jason Kelsey, no question. But sometimes, you know, people don't isolate on the right tackle all that much. Um, but what's happening out there is that Lane Johnson has been shutting people down for years. <laughs> I mean, uh, and uh, I think sometimes, as, as great as he is, I think sometimes, I don't think Jason Kelsey's greatness is taken for granted because we talk about it all the time. But we don't talk about Lane Johnson's greatness nearly enough. And believe me, he is right there. He is, he is really, really good. And even last night when he was clearly not playing at 100%, he played really well. Uh, Ray, somebody who does get talked about a lot in this town is Jonathan Gannon, who is often under fire um, because his defense is not, as, as some would say, aggressive enough. 70 sacks 
you know, notwithstanding, um, I thought he had perhaps his best game as a defensive coordinator yesterday. Um, the aggressiveness, the formations, the I mean, you just saw the way it played out when the Giants uh, had that uh, the fourth down where he he ran he uh, rushed five and the Bradbury interception. I'm throwing out a lot of words here, but I guess I would like you to assess Jonathan Gannon kind of overall and particularly what that defense was able to do last night. Really good. Really, really good. And, uh, you know, it, a, a, lot of it was, um, a lot of it was a function of them getting out ahead big early because it limited, it limited the kinds of things that the Giants can do and want to do. 14, 14 nothing down. The Giants are really they're in they're in a bad way. I mean, if if they're fourteen if they're fourteen down in the first quarter, they're in a bad way because they now all of a sudden they got to start playing a game that they're not really built to win. Uh, and Jonathan Gannon, to his credit, took advantage of that. And I I mean there were certain matchups that uh, that the Eagles had uh, against the Giants that really worked to their advantage, and and none bigger than Hassan Reddick against Evan Neal. Um, you know, Evan Neal may at some point develop into a a good NFL tackle, but he ain't one right. He ain't one right now. Uh, and if you watch the Giants all year, you've seen it. Now, uh, guys can turn things around. And Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, who was a was a high first round draft pick of the Giants a couple years ago. I mean, he was really bad his first year, and people were calling him a bust. And he's he's worked at it to his credit. He's worked at it. And he's and he's a good player now. I mean, he's. He's, I mean, he's not just okay. I mean, he's like good, uh, and so he's he's turning out to be exactly what they drafted him to be. But that first year was pretty ugly, uh, and with Evan Neal, it was kind of the same thing this year. Uh, he, you know, over the course of the season, he didn't have very many good games, uh, and when he was up against good pass rushers, he had big problems. And I, I just, when I was looking at this game and sizing this one up, I mean, I just circled that matchup. I said, man, this is one, this is one that's heavily weighted in the Eagles' favor because Hassan Reddick's coming off a tremendous year. Uh, you've got Evan Neal, who right now is playing like he's got two left feet. Uh, and you've got Reddick, who's in his first postseason game, playing at home, in his stadium with his family and the fans. If you saw him talking this week, I mean, he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait for kickoff last night. Uh, and so he took full advantage, and right from the jump. I mean, that, that first giant series, he was in Daniel Jones's face every single snap. And he was also in his head, and he stayed, and he stayed there for the whole game. Uh, it, was, it was a really good game plan by, by Gannon, uh, and the players rose to the occasion. I mean, they were really good. And James Bradbury comes away with an interception, which I'm sure he enjoyed greatly, again, again, putting that one on the Giants. And it was, you know, top to bottom, it was a, it was a really, really good performance. And now, you know, now we just got to sit back and see who's coming in next weekend, if it's going to be the Cowboys or if it's going to be that uh, – that scary San Francisco team, because if it's the 49ers, Jonathan Gannon's going to be, he's going to be up late. He's going to be up late a lot of nights this week trying to figure out how to deal with those weapons. All right, we do want to get further into that, but let me ask you one more question about yesterday. Um, week 18, Eagles had to use Jalen Hurts. I think they would have preferred to keep Jalen Hurts on the sideline the entire last three games, just win one, get that home field advantage locked up, uh, let Jalen completely heal. They had to play him. They did what they did. They won the game against the Giants. They ran a conservative offense to protect him, but they got done what they needed to get done. How big was this week off and that game being at Lincoln Financial Field uh, yesterday? How, how did those dividends pay off? Oh, hugely, hugely. And, and they knew it. And, that, and you're right. I mean, they, if, 
I mean, they would have loved to have given Hertz that last week off. I mean, they really didn't want to play him. But they also felt they couldn't trust Minshew in that spot. And the number one seed means too much. It just means too much. I mean, the week, especially now that there's only one team getting the bye. You know, for years and years it was two teams getting the bye. Now there's only one. So what was always an advantage is now even a greater advantage for that team. Uh, and we all know the advantage that rep, that uh, Lincoln Financial Field represents, especially against the Giants, who, who who haven't won here, I think, since Charlie Connerly was the quarterback. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's it, for all of those reasons, you know, the Eagles knew they they had to have that number one seed to have to, to have the best shot at going all the way. They had to have that number one seed, which meant doing whatever they had to do to get Jalen Hurts on the field and to get him off safely, and they did both. You know, and then, and then that extra week's rest. I mean, he looked—he certainly looked better. He certainly looked better last night. I mean, he looked—he really looked good last night. He really did. Uh, uh, and, the, and in the first half, he was just masterful. You know, and uh, I—you I, I, can't praise the guy enough for for what he's done for what he's done with this team, the improvement that he has shown as a player, uh, and clearly the leadership he exerts within that team. I mean, there's no—I mean, you have a lot of vet, real veteran players on that team. I mean, yep. you, know, you, know, you know, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelly. I mean, you know, Lane Johnson. You have guys that have been there a while, guys that have Super Bowl rings with this team. But you can see in every way that's really meaningful, the leader of that team is the quarterback. Uh, and uh, he, has, he, has grown, he has grown up fast in a very short time. Yeah, they respect that young guy. All right, so let's leave it with this. All Eagle fans get the day to sit back, not worry, enjoy it all. Watch the Bills, Bengals, right? Bills are going to win. Don't worry about it. And then, 6.30 tonight, it's Cowboys Niners. Ray, what is the smart way for Eagle fans to root in this one? Oh, I think the smart way. To me, the smart way to go is also the, you know, the knee-jerk way to go. Root for the the Cowboys. I mean, root for the Cowboys to come here. Uh, I, I know it's a it's a little bit weird to ask the fans. Say, to that's not knee jerk. Knee jerk is to root against them, but I understand yeah, what you're saying. Ex- ex- it sets up the epic game. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly right. Ex- exactly right. I mean, that's uh, if if you're an Eagles fan, you really should be rooting for the Cowboys today because. Um, and you look at the you look at the recent history of the two teams. You'd say, what are you nuts? I mean, the Cowboys have really have really gotten the better of the Eagles now for a while. I think the Cowboys have won eight of the last eleven. So it seems a little funny that that's the team you would want. Um, but that's you know the, the, I've been watching the Forty ers now, and they're they're really good. I mean, we we know the defense is really good because they're number one in the league. Uh, but their offense is is really hard. It's really hard to play against because they got so many good players, uh, and so many of them are so versatile. You know, I mean, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey can line up anywhere and make plays at the line of scrimmage. They can make plays from the slot. They can make plays in the backfield. Um, they're a, they're a, that team is a nightmare to scheme against. And then you've got Kittle, who's a tight end who can do all the kinds of stuff at the line of scrimmage. He can also get down the field. He's another guy who can move around. And you hand all of those weapons to a coach that's as smart and clever and creative as Shanahan, and they're they're a really dynamic team. I mean, now the question is, you got the young quarterback there, and who knows? But so far, he hasn't shown any signs of being overmatched. So, I'm, you know, if I'm an Eagles fan and I'm looking at this game, you know, I want the Cowboys. You know, I, I just think that the Eagles have seen them enough. They know them really well, uh, and the Cowboys are a very up and down team. I mean, they can be really, really good, scary good one week, and really bad the next. Whereas, to me. The 49ers are, are tracking in a way that they just keep getting better. Yeah. So I think 
from a matchup standpoint, I think the Cowboys would be the would be the better opponent for the Eagles. And then the other part of it is just the history of the two teams and the rivalry and how the people in this city react to when the Cowboys come to town in any year, regardless of what the stakes are, regardless of when it is or how good or bad the teams are. Eagles-Cowboys just has a special resonance in this city anyway. And now you put it in here as an NFC championship game, and you got home field advantage to the 10th power. You know, so for all of those reasons, if you're yep. an Eagles fan, you know, you're going to have to put you know, some of your bad feelings about the Cowboys aside and just root for them because I think next Sunday would be – to... Brian Baldinger sent me an email this week where we were kicking all this stuff around, and, and he said Eagles-Cowboys championship game would be epic. And epic I, I kind of agree with him. Yeah, I agree. And, and by the way, we posed this as a Twitter poll question this morning. Uh, more than 5,600 votes already. Wow. 64%. Say the Cowboys, so they agree with you. Uh, Ray Dinger, always a pleasure. By the way, Ray's book, um, One Last Read, is – I'm sorry, Finished Business. That's the current book. And, Ray, just the last thing I want to ask you, so the Eagles get to the Super Bowl, and I know you're doing postgame now, and I I assume your son's going to shoot it. We may have to get, like, a different cover for the book Finished Business. Uh, with you and your son embracing one more time at Super Bowl 57. <laughs> you know, that that may happen. And um, I've already been in talks with the publisher that if the, if the Eagles complete the mission, if the Eagles get to Arizona and win and win, and win Super Bowl 57, um, they, they want to do, do yet another edition of the Eagles Encyclopedia. No, you're never retiring. I'm retiring. No, you're never retiring. And you know what? We're all the better for it. By the way, thank you. Listen, if the Eagles, if the Eagles, if the Eagles become the Jets at some point, I think I'm retiring. But as long as they, as long as they keep winning, thanks very much, Ray Diddy. Thanks for uh, just dipping those salt in in, in my wounds. (laughs) What a guy! What a guy you are! I was so happy to hear Ray. Oh, Ray Diddy's going to be out. Oh, this is great! And then he goes and takes a shot like that. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That was that wasn't that wasn't very nice of me. But I, frank, frankly, Jody, I couldn't resist. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and thanks. Uh, I had an event earlier this week to uh, for the release of the Mike and Merrill beer at Conchi Brewing, and you came out and sold some books and and charmed the public. And I I just want to thank you again for that. Always a pleasure. Yeah, good stuff, Ray. Thanks, have Ray. a uh, have a great day. Enjoy all the football, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, pal. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Right, there you go. Wow, the, the Jets show. That no, was completely for. uncalled for. And, oh, by the way, if he's got to write another book, what's the title going to be? The Other Last Time? No, he's going to redo the, the Eagles Encyclopedia. If the Eagles, win, if the Eagles win another Super Bowl, book two, The Other Last Time? What last the hell time, are you going to call this, it? This time I really mean it. No, no, they, <laughs> they want him They want him to, to do a new edition of the Eagles Encyclopedia. That's, under, what it would be, that, so. that's understandable. There you go. 215-592-9494. We appreciate people's patience. We will talk to you coming right back up. Hey, I can tell you from my long association with the folks at Meridian Bank, they are among the best and the brightest, well, when it comes to the banking part, but they are also a bunch that likes to have a good time. Maybe that's why Meridian has just been ranked as a number one Delaware Valley place to work. Now, for you, that kind of company culture translates into both business success and a thoroughly enjoyable experience. If your business banking is painful, a cure is available, and you can find it at meridianbanker.com. Ball at the five-yard line. Goes into a long count. Hurts is back. He's going to go with the draw. He's going to run. He's going to score! Jalen Hurts! He's healthy. 
The dash up the middle, and he took it left. Yeah. <laughs> I like Mike. He's healthy. Uh, it was great to see, and it was and it was a great drive. That was a 15-play drive they had there. Took more than five minutes off the clock. And, yeah, Jalen Hurts ran it in and looked great doing it, and it was uh, just another example. It took him to 28 to nothing in the second quarter, Joe. D-Mac, I got a question for you, and it was one I wanted to ask of Ray Diddy. The question is, you and I next Sunday, you got your uh, six-hour day coming up. Is it you and I till 1 and then uh, the pregame show basically Actually, it's probably or... you and I from 10 to noon. It's a 3 gotcha. o'clock game. Yeah, you and I go 10 to noon. Then I'll have countdown to kickoff from 10 to 1, and then I'll have the pregame, pre-game from show. 1 to 3. Gotcha. All right. Is there a chance we get Ray Diddy back at 1 o'clock next Sunday? Um, no, because he's doing the NBC Sports pregame stuff. Oh, he's on the pregame or just yeah. the postgame? No, I think he does both. He's on both? I, oh, I think. Damn it. I'm not sure. All right, because sure. here's here's one of the questions I want to ask Ray, uh, and I thought, well, we don't necessarily have to ask it this week yet, but it could be a huge question next week, is what his draft analysis was of Brock Purdy. Now, I know Ray was leaning toward retirement and thinking about it, and it went uh, through. <laughs> how, how did it hold up? Not great. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he, I'm sure that Ray did his pre-draft work because I oh, appreciate the yellow his legal pads are filling up. Day Absolutely. By day. Yeah, so I wanted to that. get his read on Brock. We Purdy. can do that. You know what? Maybe next week. Let's see how it plays out. Maybe we can have him on early next Sunday. Okay. Because I, I mean, want to because he doesn't do the pre. If it's three o'clock game, yeah, I'm glad I'm making a commitment for Ray. But yes, we'll you try to I get both. him on early. Yes. Yeah, uh, okay. thank you, Ray. I hope he's listening and he's already making a note. All right, shoot. <laughs> Mac now and McDonald want me again next Sunday. Yeah, yes, this we one do. I think I'm out. They're pulling me back. Yeah, uh, he pulled himself back in. We're just taking That's advantage true. thereof. Yeah. Um, because uh, I, I want to see what he thought of Purdy. Because while I might not go as in depth as Ray does, I fancy myself a little bit of a draft analysis. And I remember the kid and I thought, you know. He's got a chance to be a backup quarterback in this league. He's got a chance to stick around. He could be a uh, a Chad Henney who came off the bench and held down the fort for Kansas City. If he's got a smart coach who gets the most out of him, like a Shanahan, he could be uh, a guy who could stick around a year, uh, the league for years to the level that he's played. I had no clue, and I don't think Ray did either, but we'll find that out next week if we get him on. Uh, this kid has been been something special, and that is the main reason why I want no part of the 49ers next week. Show me the Cowboys. I'll show you a Super Bowl uh, trip two weeks later. All right. Now, I'm going to ask a question. If nobody answers it by noon, uh, you can probably answer it. But if you can't answer it, I will give the answer at noon, and it is this. Don't answer it yet. I saw something in last night's game that I have never seen in my entire life of watching football. And I've been watching the NFL. Well, I've been watching the NFL since I was watching the AFL. Right. So, I've watched thousands of football games over the span of my lifetime, and saw something last night that I never saw. We'll see if the callers get it. If not, Jody, I will give it to you and see if you got it. Oh, let's let's leave it on the callers because I got no clue whatsoever oh, what you're referring okay. to. All right, all right. Let's talk to Robert in Collegeville. What's up, Robert? Hey guys, how's it going? Could not be happier today. Man, I am so fired up. Um, Just great game. Um, You know, I I can't believe some of the callers were saying they actually want to play the Niners. And for all the reasons that Ray pointed out and you just mentioned, I don't want any part of it. I don't care who we beat to win the Super Bowl. 
Uh, I don't want to bragging rights. I just want to win the Super Bowl. And I think Dallas is a much better opponent because we know them. Uh, with the Niners, we don't know Brock Purdy. Uh, I mean, we yeah, we have some tape on him. And at, I think the Niners got really lucky. And I shouldn't say it like that with Garoppolo's injury. But I don't. I, I would fear them less if Jimmy G was, you know, playing for them rather than Brock Purdy. Because Jimmy G, we you know he's limited. He he throws the 10, 20 yard passes. This kid can actually throw deep. He's mobile in the pocket, and and with uh, with that running game, I mean, I, I just don't want to see them. But I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what do you think of Dallas's chances against them? Do you think Dallas matches up well against the Niners to beat them? In a word, no. <laughs> I think 49ers going to handle them today. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 Go ahead. My hope was, um, you know, I saw the Seahawks score a bunch on them. I saw the Raiders score a bunch on them. And that's why I was hoping that, okay, you know, the Cowboys have some explosive players. Like, on offense, they got CD, uh, Tony Pollard. Um, on defense, they got Micah Parsons and D-Law. So I was hoping that, you know, some superstars may become the difference makers and, and, and you know, take, take the game away. Yeah, but, I, I will know. say this. And, Robert, thanks for the call. Jody, I'll give the Cowboys a – 20% chance to win it, which means they can win it, but I don't expect it. That's a good a shot. number. I mean, San Francisco yeah. can screw up. Tony Pollard, he mentioned. Tony Pollard's an explosive player. Stuff can happen, a turnover, return. So they got a shot, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't expect it. I'm rooting for it, but I don't expect it. And there, there are some NFL trends that hold water and some that don't. One that doesn't is the one that we just dealt with last night. Oh, it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. No, it's not. Yeah, that's true, except for the facts that they win at about a 69% clip when they have a chance to sweep the three games, and that's exactly what the Eagles did to the Giants. So that, that, that's gone by the wayside. Playing consecutive weeks on the road is one that's just tough to get around. And, and the Cowboys – yeah. Have uh, this will be if they win tomorrow coming here to Philadelphia will be their fourth consecutive road game. Yeah, uh, excuse me, their fifth consecutive two in the regular season, two in the playoffs, into the AF NFC Championship game. Yeah, five straight road games. That's a that's a tough spot. That's why you want the Dallas Cowboys coming here next week. Very much agreed, Eric in Maryland. Hello, Eric. Uh, good morning, fellas. Good morning. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm very happy and very pleased with the the win. I was uh, I was I was so hammered. I had Leonard Skinner playing. I was I was happy as could be. Uh, <laughs> I just I just had a I had a question for you guys. Uh, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer at all, but uh, it is a, a something that I've noticed over the last year and a half. Um, do you think that um, Jake Elliott not being able to kick touchbacks has contributed? further to the uh, kickoff, um, you know, issues. Because I noticed that, like, he re he really cannot kick touchbacks at all. And I noticed that even when we started having the issues with, you know, you know what the coverage it was, team. It, it was, I think it became a thing against Green Bay, if my memory is correct. And I think it's that teams, it's partly Elliott, but it's also partly their coverage on kickoff returns has been spotty. And Green Bay decided, hey, if he kicks him five yards into the end zone, we're going to run him back. And they did a great job. And I think since then, teams have done that. It's part on Elliott, yeah. but it's also part on their inability. I don't want to say inability. That's too strong. Their strength is not defending against kickoffs. 
do you think that that's going to be an issue with better talent and stronger teams coming up? Because every possession counts. I don't know, Jody. Are you particularly fluent on the return games of the Niners or the Cowboys? Because I can't. Cow- Cowboys had the one guy, and I think he made a oh, big yeah. kickoff return against the Eagles earlier. Yeah, he did. Year. He had a good one. Little guy. Series. He's yeah. like five seven, five eight. He can uh, really motor. He can fly. Um, and you know, I said that in the first segment. If you're looking for the one uh, uh, dark spot from last night's game, it's the Giants had a couple kickoff returns. Well, here's the beauty of kickoff returns. You make one obligatory kickoff every single uh, week. Every other one is after a score. So if the other team is getting a chance of, uh, at a bunch of kickoff returns, it's because you're putting points on the board. And last night they were basically all touchdowns until it was the first four more touchdowns before the fifth was after a field goal. You can cover that. You might you know, might not be happy that they're starting their drive at the 34 rather than the 25, but if those nine extra yards are coming after an Eagles score, I think you can deal with it. I think an emphasis of the offseason, and it's good when this is one of your priorities as opposed to you need a new quarterback or a new edge rusher because <laughs> you got those covered. A priority this offseason is they're going to have to improve the special teams next year. they got to get the Brian Bramans. they got to get those guys who are special teams demons. They need Ike Reese somewhere on that team. There you go. Um so uh, before we uh, hit the break, uh, tell me your plans for the rest of the day. You, you got more work to do or you get to watch the games? I'll be working. You know, Sundays are you, a work day for me. You first. Yeah. And then, as a matter of fact, a uh, five-hour show on CBS <laughs> due to oh, scheduling Joe. things uh, the four weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. They said, hey, Joe, can you do an extra hour on Sunday and make it a five-hour uh, Mac attack? I said, yeah, if that's what you need, that's what you need. So uh, uh, 5 o'clock, I'll be hopping back on the air. So I will be on the air. If I'm lucky, I wrap up at 10. The game may be going right into if it's – I don't think good. it's going to be in play because I think the 49ers are going to win. Uh, but I may be able to watch the last three minutes of the game unfettered. Well, my day is going to be a little easier than yours. Good for uh, you. I got my dad coming over, Marv, big Marv. Oh, that's right, Buffalo yeah. today. Yeah, we haven't talked about that game. So it's Buffalo-Cincinnati in Buffalo where it's going to be insane. Um the fan base is just going to be nuts, uh, and it's a, to me that's a really good competitive game. I lean Bills a little bit. I don't know if that's my loyalty, but I do think Bills at home in an even game is good. I like the Bills' defensive line against the Bengals' offensive line. I think the Bills have the opportunity to score. Um, so I think that's going to be a good game, but I got my dad coming over. We're going to watch that game. And then uh, he's going to stick around. We're going to have dinner and uh, have the Dallas-San Francisco game on the tube. So I'm looking forward to a fun day. Before the uh, action started yesterday, Mac, and I made these picks on Twitter, and I I put in two four-team parlays, I took all four home teams. I thought all four Mm. home teams were going to win and advance the top two seeds in both. And, yes, I got both of those right. But I also said I only think two of the four are going to cover. I thought that the Jaguars would play tight against Kansas City, and Kansas City's not a great covering squad because they're always a uh, close double-digit favorite, and that's exactly what happened. And I think the Bills and the Bengals are going to come right down to the 59th minute, and it'll be decided a field goal one way or the other. I'll take the hometown team. I think your Bills are going to win today, but I'll take the Bengals plus six, and, yeah, I think the 49ers are going to win by at least a touchdown. 
My dad is in his 90s. I don't want him too much stress on him. You yeah, sorry I mean? about that. I, I got to call it the way I see it. I can't let uh, Mars health uh, affect the way that I handicap a game. And you know what's really fun about it? He's got his lucky Buffalo Bills jersey, which is a name that most people won't remember. Cookie, Cookie. Gilchrist. Yeah. How did I know? Weird. Yeah. Of course it. I know. A great running back of the 1960s. He was the AFL's answer to Jim Brown. Big, tough, burly running back. Loved him. And my dad's got the cookie jersey. Where's that for good luck? And uh, there you go. So we're I was going to guess either Cookie Gilchrist or Paul McGuire. Oh, that would have been my second choice, the punter. Yeah. <laughs> he was Magoo the punter, was good... occasional linebacker, and uh, a great personality who obviously went on to a good broadcasting career. He was a yeah. good friend of mine from the ESPN day. So oh, is that right? I... Oh, yeah. McGuire, you never, I never told oh, you story. Oh, that's right. No, I knew that from back when we oh, worked yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I had yeah, to pick was, him he up. He was a beef. Buffalo. He never had to buy a drink in Buffalo. And trust me, he took up many people on the opportunity for a free drink. He oh, he didn't, he he didn't, didn't buy the that. drinks at ESPN either. I did. He oh. would give me money every week. I would pick him up at the airport every Friday, and he'd come in and do preview shows on ESPN. And he would say, I need a case of beer in the car when you pick me up at the airport. Uh, so he would give me money before he left every other every week to make sure that I could have the beer in the car as soon as he got off the plane before he got back to the hotel in beautiful downtown Bristol. He could have a couple cold ones. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> anyway, McGuire, we'll be McGuire watching. and I go way back, yes. All right. 215-592-9494. The question is... I saw something in the game yesterday I've never seen in my life watching NFL football. What are you football. talking about? I watched that game. Last. I got oh. no idea what you're talking uh, about, GMAC. Well, we'll see. Some of, let me put it this way. Several people have texted me the correct answers. Really? Somebody okay. Else. All right. Yeah. So I missed it. All right. That's cool. That's see if right. a caller gets it. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now, hey, if the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafty windows and doors, there is no better time to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guida's big winter sales event. The great people at Guida Door and Window are extending their big winter sale through January, offering 40% off every window and door you buy. Now, you receive 40% off each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window. That also includes free high-performance low-E glass. And if you're in need of a new door, well, you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. I got mine there. Take advantage of Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. So the offer is for a limited time only. Got to act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Third down and nine, high snap to Minshew. He gives it off to Gamewell, who runs up the middle. He's across the 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Kenneth Gamewell with 151 remaining. That will cap it. A 35-yard run. And that was. That was the chef's kiss exclamation point on top of the whole thing. Uh, our producer, Dan Wilson, thinks he knows the answer to my question of what did we see? Well, what did I see? We all saw it. But to me, it was something I've never seen before in an NFL game. And, Dan, what, what, is, what do you got? So, watching last night's game, I don't know if it's something I've definitively never seen, but very rare if it does. At the end of the first half, when they line up for the two-point conversion, basically just to try and draw them off sides, knowing they had a timeout in their pocket and then kick the extra point anyway. No, although that was really clever. That was fun. Yeah. What is he doing? What's going to happen? And, and I got it. It was great. 
He had a timeout. He had timeouts to burn. If he could get it to the one, then go for it. But that was not the correct answer. But good try. Andy in Huntington Valley joins us. Good morning, Andy. He had to jump out of the car. Can you put him on hold again? Uh, we will. Yes, we will get back to him. We appreciate that. Don't know where he went, but we'll try Josh in Franklinville instead. Hello, Josh. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing today? All right. Good. All right. Well, I know the answer, but I'm not going to get to that first. You know, right. first thing, I'm just going to say I wasn't nervous. Everybody else was nervous about that game, but I wasn't. Even my grandmother was nervous. She was she called and she was like, oh, I hope Hurts is going to be okay. I know. I can't believe it. But, uh, you know, I knew we were going to blow it out. Actually, I thought it was going to be even bigger. But, you know, 38 to 7, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take so, 38 to 7 quick, any time. Quick question. <laughs> how how many touchdowns are the Eagles going to win by next week, not even knowing who the opponent is? Ooh, uh, well, if it's, if it's the Cowboys, it's going to be, like, probably at least two. Okay. If it's uh, San Fran, maybe one. I don't know. It's going to be a closer game with San Fran, that's for sure. Yep. But the other okay. thing I want to say is, like, when Mahomes, his ankle, in that game, right in the beginning, oh, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of 2002 when Donovan got his ankle broken. Oh, the Arizona <laughs> And he game. went back out and just yeah. played the game. So <laughs> but, I didn't get you know. to see that game. Jody, I don't know. I, I know you're always on the air and stuff. No, I, don't know I, I watched the game. entire game, yes. Okay, so explain to me. I saw a replay of the hit, and it looked like, oh, he's done. Oh, the, yeah. They kept him bad. out for a drive. Henny, 98-year-old Chad Henny came in. Joey, run me through the course of this. Yeah, and he uh, orchestrated a drive down the field and got a touchdown. Real smart. Throw the ball to Kelsey, and he did when they got yeah. inside the red zone. And sure enough, he got a touchdown. Uh, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but Chad Henney is a legitimate backup quarterback, and that's twice now in the last three years he's come in and contributed to a uh, playoff win for the Kansas City Chiefs. You can't ask for anything more from so, your backup yeah. quarterback. So X-rays come back negative, so Mahomes comes back in, but you can t- didn't do any running, kind of limited in, in the offense? Yeah. He, well, he, he did that run. He he actually ran for a first down that one time. He was, I mean, he hobbled for a first down. Right. But, you know. And then, then he <laughs> fell down like he was shot. He got yeah. to a point, got the first down, and just turtled up because he didn't want to get hurt further. Um, yeah, he was – you could see they got a good shot of his ankle. They had, like, nine layers of tape on it over the shoe, oh, yeah. over the ankle. They just <laughs> taped him up and sent him back out there. And Mahomes also played well, as limited as he was physically, as what he could do to put that game away for Kansas City. Interesting to see how that carries into next week. You know he's going to play, but right. it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that high – if it's if it's a tough high ankle sprain, how it affects it. All right, so, yeah. Josh, so what did answer. I see in last night's game that I've never seen it before? It was the chain broke. Yes. Oh. It, it, absolutely. Nicely done, Josh. I yep. don't have a prize for you except thorough congratulations. So, Jody, it was. <laughs> It's early in the game, and they're playing, and all of a sudden, like it stops, and like administrative timeout. Which, right. by the way, they had two of those. Two of them. I'm, yeah, that's pretty rare. Um, and I, it got me thinking. It's 2023. They're still playing with a chain, like it's 1917. There's got to be a better, more efficient way. We have the yellow marker on TV. Which mm-hmm. I know isn't in, you know entirely accurate, but does, do you think they could find something a little more modern than two guys holding sticks with a chain? A little more modern, absolutely. 
better? No. I it's love all judgment anyway. I love the fact that the chains are still in play. And it took something that Glenn Mack now, a 55-plus-year football watcher, had yes. never seen before never. to bring it to light. If, it had, if it's such an atrocity, don't think we would have noticed it in the last year, two well, years, I, five I years, do... eight years, ten years? No, I noticed when they trot out, okay? And, uh, and, and first they always, like, take the one stick and kind of, you know, give it a little tug, and then they – Fully extended to like, oh, he is the drama. The drama is great. Oh, Batman. Who was the referee who held up an index card one day? That was actually. Oh really yeah, funny. that was the greatest. Yeah. Gene Steratore. Um, Slide yeah. the index card oh, in there. Steratore. Okay, Super Bowl. Um. Anyway, I I find it primitive. I guess you find it endearing in there. Absolutely uh, romantic football romance. <laughs> Cookie Gilchrist would have been able there to play during the chain. Anyway, and they replaced it with like a piece of tape. It looked like they, you know, they just like found it in the athletic trainer's bag and like, yeah, just throw some tape on it. This will do. All right. Well, yeah. Now here's go. here's where you got the did did they have a backup chain? Do they have secondary chains to go I, with? Apparently or? not. Because I they saw just, the they I saw the up. TV shot of the tape on the the repaired chain. Right. Um. So they went right back to using it, huh? Yeah, I don't think they well, keep then a lot of there, spares there's around. Your, Again, I hadn't seen one ever break. So you there's know. your compromise position between you and I, Glenn. What's you that? must have a backup chain set <laughs> at the stadium. Shame on the NFL for not having a backup chain set. That chain is a much. You talk about a billion dollar industry. What? They don't want to spring for the second <laughs> set of chains? Come on, you got to have the backup to be able to get right. Next chain up. That's the way it should be handled. <laughs> the backup That's chain the was on Hurts' neck post game. Oh, that's true, too. That's pretty Man, good. That was, that was large and in charge. That was impressive. Right, he could have run to the locker room, get that thing out. That was about 10 yards. Uh, well, yeah, that was all kind of weird. And uh, I, I guess fun in a weird way. But I'm thinking, like, don't they have, like, a laser chip or something? They could, the NFL is always tries to be so ahead of the world. I, okay. Uh, good stuff. Let's get John and Maniac here. Hello, John. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, just a quick point. You know, uh, the Eagles have a lot of uh, guys that are going to be leaving in free agency this year. Mm-hmm. And I think another uh, diamond in the rough that Howling might have found is uh, Blankenship from unsigned guy from Northwest uh, Tennessee. Ro- Ross like Tucker's favorite player. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ro- as you know, Ross does the pregames on TV. for Not the pregame, excuse me, the preseason games on TV for the Eagles. And he does the pregames on radio with me. And he was on Reed Blankenship like day one in the preseason. This guy is good. He's going to make the team. Undrafted free agent. In fact, undrafted free agent that had like the lowest contract among the undrafted free agents. Um, yeah, I think he's good. So you. Uh, I mean, yeah, they have to resign Gardner Johnson, whatever his name is. They can't yeah, sign. They got like, uh, a lot love, of guys. To be... I love Gardner Johnson. I... He's tough. Well, I mean, you're right. They have they have a lot of players, and they're going to have to make decisions. Bradbury, Gardner Johnson, uh, Kaiser White. I'm sure there are others, guys who kind of came in for the year, and they're not going to sign them all. I don't know, Judy. You read Blankenship impress you? It's funny because I I made note of this. I when I'm watching Eagle, they hadn't the Eagle game started before I had to go on the air, so I could do my usual uh, way of watching the game. Jotted down a couple of notes. He got beat twice and twice in that first drive. The when the Giants actually got their first downs before they got stopped, he got beat twice. 
And then every other play thereafter, he was right where he needed to be. And I'm like, ooh, they're taking advantage of it. They, they, they know that the weakest link in the Eagles secondary would read Blankenship, and I think they're trying to isolate him. And they continued to do so, and Blankenship answered the question every single time. So the first couple of times he was challenged, he didn't quite get the job done. But, man, he was great thereafter. So, yeah, I'm a Reed Blankenship fan, too. Yeah, yeah go, and, ahead, um, go ahead. Uh, on today's game, I'm going to be pulling for the Bills for you and your dad. Hopefully uh, Thank you. you're going to get some wings at the house there, you know, whatever. Yeah. Are they really better from Buffalo? But uh, Yeah, I mean, but it's I, like, you know, you get the best cheesesteak here in Philly, right? Correct. The but wings I think, in Buffalo uh, are pretty superior. So, But I, I appreciate it, and I, I appreciate everybody roots for the Bills for my dad. I guess Ike Reese is uh, Ike Reese is a Cincinnati guy, so he will not be rooting for the Bills. I oh, should have made a little side forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. get yeah. get Ike on the phone here before yeah. one o'clock. Yeah, no, Ike was up late too. I don't. This is a morning <laughs> like I didn't want to call you this morning uh, before the show. Normally we you know we'll talk or I send out an email and we and this morning I, I think I just sent you a note like. Hey, whenever you're awake, have a cup of coffee. Just All right. I know. checked my computer first to see if the Mac Man Show email was there, and it wasn't. So I checked my phone. So, All right, I'll call on Glenn. Yeah, yeah. Normally, I, I the the prep for this morning's show was, hey, that was a great game last night. Let's talk about it. All good. All it's good in the hood. Well, so far. Yes, it has. <laughs> okay. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Good time to get in. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. All right, the NFL playoffs in full swing. Got more action this afternoon to find out who the Eagles are going to be playing. Do you want action on these games? Well, a bet park sportsbook and casino app has you covered however you want to get down. Odds, bets, slots, games, all right there in the palm of your hand. And believe me, it's safe, secure, and easy to use. The official sports book of the real Philly sports fan, the only sports book casino app that yours truly plays with and recommends. Bet on more than just the score. Bet player performances, prop bets. Oh, I don't know, like Boston Scott touchdowns against the Giants. And you also have live in-game betting. You can double down. You can cover yourself. In-game bets. That makes you part of the action as it's taking place on the field. And if you're a new user to Parks, join me and get up to $750 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet isn't a winner. That's a no-lose proposition. Download the app and start playing instantly with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. Some of us thought this would be a close game. I did. <laughs> I'll tell you, I admit to that. But so far, it has been total domination. As one-sided as one-sided can be. And it ends up that way. 38-7. to Exact same scores. They beat the Vikings in the NFC Championship game five years ago to the date, which was... I had always thought the most dominating game I had seen at Lincoln Financial Field, and last night's equaled that. I will say this, uh, and I have mentioned this before, the crowd was unbelievably great last night. No surprise, Jody, it often is, but the energy there from the start, and of course it feeds off the success of the team, and the team feeds off the crowd. People never sat down. People, I mean, not me. I'm sitting in the press box like a lazy bum, you know, with <laughs> heat and, and, and coffee and stuff. It's, Been there, done uh, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying I'm I'm as I'm rugged like the people who are out there doing it, but 70,000 people are out there in 35 degree weather chanting and cheering and singing and it was 
it was phenomenal. They showed up early, you know, an eight o'clock game, man. The, those parking. I went down there at four. I was on. I, I. It took me thirty minutes to get from my house to Broad Street, and thirty minutes on Broad Street to get into the parking lot. Right. It's not. It's not the most efficient thing in town. I've griped about that. I don't need to do that now. But the people were tailgating. They were having a blast. It was really. It was pretty let, special. Let, let me run this one by you because one of the first things you asked me today and told me about it uh, when we spoke ahead of time as to who would you prefer to play in next week's championship game. Let me spin it a little differently. What kind of weather would you prefer for next week's championship Ooh, game? Because let's be honest, this has, the Eagles have not played. The only cold weather game they played all year basically was in Chicago. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts wasn't quite up to the task. He gets hurt in the game. He said afterwards, I couldn't really field the football for the first quarter of the game. So your quarterback doesn't necessarily love to play in good northeast January weather. But you've got San Francisco or Dallas, neither one of which plays in a cold weather city. Texas and it's Northern California, but still, uh, they the worst weather in San Francisco. You've been there, done that. Is the summer more so than the winter? Yeah. Uh, you get pretty damn cold in the summer months in San Francisco. But this team isn't up to playing in uh, twelve degree weather with snow flurries coming down. If you're going to the game, it becomes a question mark. If you're going to be sitting at home on the couch watching it, yeah, show me the cold. Show me the snow. Let's make it more difficult for the opposition. But if you're actually going to the game or like Glenn Macnow have to work at the game, what kind of weather you want next Sunday, Mac? I got that three-hour pre- Actually, I'll do all five hours because I'll do my first two hours with you outdoors and then three-hour pregame. So it's a five-hour pregame. So, yeah, I don't need 10 degrees. <laughs> Come on, take one, take one for the team act no, now. No, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not moving around. I'm sitting there. You can't get warm. You're just sitting there. But I, I, that aside, I'll take exactly what we've had the last couple of weeks, 35 degrees, cold but not too cold, and also because it plays into the Eagles. I want Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown to continue to be a huge part of it, and I imagine that those guys would prefer – it not be 10 degrees blustery and snowy. Probably uh, not. That game against Detroit a couple of years ago, there was an amazing game where LaShawn McCoy, you remember that snow In the game? snow. Oh, that was, was phenomenal. It, it was great, and he was great. It was a really fun game, but I, I don't need that. I'll take exactly what we've had. This weather is okay. good. Just, just checking. Put, it, put, a, put a chill in the air, but nah. They, I don't think the Eagles are going to need the advantage of any kind of weird weather. I'll take this. All right, we'll see. And, I just selfishly uh, giving you I, the option to email Mother Nature yeah. and make yeah. a request, oh, but you I got to rip a WIP guy for a second there. So we're doing the pregame out there last night, and um, I do the whole show, and there are uh, several other people do the whole show. Ike does the whole show, uh, Elliot does the whole show, and there are other people who kind of come for a couple segments. Hugh Douglas came for a few segments. Uh, Ross Tucker does the first hour, et cetera, et cetera. Joe DeCamera, the um, the morning show host elect, right, uh, was came for two segments. And by the way, I think he went to the game, but I don't think he sits outside. I think he sits in the suite. He literally had on four layers of headwear, three hoods and a hat. Damn! Like he All was right, well, like he was hiking to Antarctica. He he's got a big assignment coming up, and he wants to make sure he doesn't oh. get sick for it. I've never seen anybody wear three hoods and a hat. 
it sounds like a bit much, but uh, ha- <laughs> having it. not seen it, I don't know that I can. I should have taken a picture. That's, that's rip my or give him a pass. Sorry about that. Uh, you know how, it, like, when you have a little baby, remember your daughter, you, like, bundle them up, and right, so they're protected? He looked like that. He looked like an, an Eskimo baby, Joe DeCamera. Well, good, good, good on him. He's, yeah. he's probably feeling fine this morning. I'm sure. Larry from Vermont is with us. Larry, you were at the game last night. Wasn't that crowd amazing? I was awesome. That that was my first game since '94. First time at the link, and wow, it was a beautiful thing. It was a sea of green. Very few Giants jerseys around. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, nice. it was awesome. But one of the things I saw, you talking about the chains. Saw that, but also during a TV timeout when uh, the teams were kind of lounging around in their respective huddles, one of the Giants players comes over. The ball had been spotted. He comes over and picks it up and taps the end and puts it down. It, it might have moved it an inch or two, and he does it again. I'm like, what, what's he doing? And uh, finally the refs came over and, and pulled him out of the huddle and gave him a little talking to him and said, no, nah, you can't be doing that. I missed that. Strange. I don't know how I missed it. Do you know who it was? I, uh, You know, I, it, it happened so fast. I was, yeah. I was watching the refs more than that, but yeah. uh, it was kind of strange. But the other thing I wanted to ask you guys, I couldn't hear it before. You were talking about the two-point attempt. What was the reasoning behind that? Were, were they trying to just get closer, get offside? Yeah, so right. what they were, they were trying to do, Nick had timeouts to burn. He wasn't worried about losing a timeout at that point, right? He's up so much. It's like, yeah, sure. So it's you've seen when a team lines up at the line of scrimmage, say it's fourth down and two, and they're likely going to punt. But if they can get the other team, draw the other team offsides, they'll get the first down. So the quarterback right. will, you know, bark, 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 hoping the defense gets pulled. And if not, they'll either just call timeout or they'll take the five yards and punt. This was kind of the equivalent of that, hoping to get from the two-yard line to the one so that they could do the quarterback sneak where they've been successful, I think, 36 out of 38 times this year. Right, but what I don't get is why. It was 27 nothing. Because he could? I right. don't know. You think it's rubbing <laughs> it in? Because they might need that 29th point <laughs> to win. Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, Jody, what do you think? Kind of weird? Uh, kind of weird, yes, but I don't care. Uh, if that's what they wanted to do just to establish uh, the fact that Jalen is now going to be Mr. Automatic one yard again, he hadn't done that yet in the game, and they wanted, hey, this is as good a time as any. I had no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, I was fine. Hey, uh, I, let's let's take a minute. Um, while all of the attention is on the Eagles, and understandably, two other winter teams been doing pretty well, my friend. Yeah, um, I didn't get to watch any of the Flyers yesterday because I was on up against uh, football. Um, I did catch the end of the Sixer game, which, oof, that, that great game. They're down 21 points. They come back without Embiid, without Harden. They give both guys the night off. And they're playing a Sacramento team. And usually you think of the Kings. Well, they're terrible. They're not. They're, they're a playoff team in the West, and they're well above 500. Uh, they uh, take down a 21-point Sacramento lead, have the lead in the end, and they're going to foul. They're up three with uh, a couple of seconds left in the game. And Thibel is slow in fouling, and Barnes goes up and actually gets into the motion of attempting a three. So he goes to the line, could have made all three free throws and sent the game into overtime. Luckily, he missed the first one. But the Sixers hold on and win. They go 5-0 and on their road swing. 
The Flyers get a win during a day with Carter Hart playing uh, out of his mind. The Flyers are still on the outside looking in in the playoffs. They're six points out of the last playoff spot, but they've been much improved the last couple of months, and nobody's noticing, Glenn. No. Because everybody is so narrow-focused sure. on the Eagles. Both the Sixers and Flyers are playing pretty damn good ball and or yeah. puck. The, the, or puck. Uh, yeah, those seasons start in February. I, uh, listen, and I, and <laughs> I kind of have mixed feelings about it. Um, with the Sixers, listen, I'm delighted – my view of the Sixers is, I guess, a little bit cynical in in that I think let's get to the playoffs and then show me something. I I almost right. don't care about their regular season because let's get past the second round of the playoffs. Exactly, and, and, and that's probably not right, but that's how I'm viewing it. But listen, five wins on a road trip out west—that is an impressive feat. I, I do admit that. With the Flyers. I, not that I'm a process guy, but I, I am told by people who know this better than I that obviously you have the one kid at the real top of the draft. They're not going to get that, but that it's a five-player draft this year, and you really want to get one of the top five picks. They, they're playing their way out of that, and if they fall four points short of the playoffs and don't get a good draft pick, then, then so what was it all worth? All right, I'm sure you trust the person that you talk to to give you that opinion that it's a five-player draft. Yeah. I'll be honest, I got no bloody idea. No, I, I don't either. I know I, nothing a, about the NFL right. draft. I, I, I know the NBA kids. draft. I know the NFL draft because yeah. I watch college football, college basketball. I know nothing about the NHL you're, draft. You're not following what's happening in Moose Jaw right now? No, I am not. And, yes, I've heard of the kid Bedard who's supposed to be a right. generational talent. The yeah, number they're not going to get him. But I got no idea two through ten what the difference is between two and ten or anyone there. If, if you've got a guy that you trust and has guided you correctly previously, then I'll trust your guy, too. But I can't comment on it because I got no idea. Yeah, but if they do fall just short of the playoffs, isn't that kind of the worst position to be in? It would not be optimal, correct. Yeah, yeah. all right. But you know who I got to give a nod to? And I didn't love the signing. I just thought Tortorella was a appease the fans hire, that they wanted a colorful guy and a quotable guy. And I didn't know if he was going to be a fit with the talent that they had or the goals that they had coming into the season. He's done a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I really got to give job. him props. Yeah, I agree. He's getting a lot of wins out of this team. I, I absolutely agree. He's he's good. Yep. Uh, Terrence in Wilmington, you're on with Jody and Glenn. How are you doing, guys? Good morning. Good, Terrence. Well, good, good afternoon morning. now. Afternoon. Uh, actually, I want, I want to switch up on something. Has Hassan Reddick become the emotional spark plug for the defense? Uh, I still think that Brandon Graham is the emotional spark plug of the defense, mm-hmm. but I think Hassan Reddick is the best player on the defense. 17 and a half sacks now, uh, you know, in, in, in 18 games, including this playoff. They make a run to the Super Bowl. He could end up with 20 sacks. Um, a great free agent signing by Howie Roseman. Does he remind you a little of Charles Haley? Not a poor man. Not that great. No, no, but I, I understand. Size and the well, way he plays. Hall of Famer, but I, I get it, Jody. Same kind of thing. I, I see it. Yep. Uh, Haley was quasi undersized as a defensive end, and that was the same question about Reddick coming in. And, again, back to Jonathan Gannon. People question him all the time why I don't know. He has used him perfectly. People, oh, well, is he a linebacker? Is he a down line? How do we describe him? How, what kind of a box do we put him in? Here's what he is, a player. 
That's all I need to know. Yeah. And Jonathan Gannon has used him perfectly this year. Well, high motor, very, very aggressive. Very also, uh, has Quez Watkins lost his job? Pascal played no. yesterday. Yeah, and I like Pascal. I wish actually Pascal played a little more. I don't know that he lost his job. I think it's kind of a game-by-game thing. The the one thing that I'm – with me, Quez Watkins does one thing well, which is run really fast. And they had that brief time, it was about two games, where they were trying to find him underneath, like, you know, three or four yards out, or even had him run a jet sweep and try to break stuff. He He can't – he can't do that. He can run far and fast, and that's what he does well to me, Jody. But, oh, by the way, give them both credit. Both Pascal and Quez had key blocks on that, what did you call it, chef kiss touchdown yeah, by yeah. Uh, uh, Gamewell late in the game. They're both – it's 30 to 31 to 7, and they're both busting their tails, blocking downfield for get, to get Gamewell into the end zone. Yeah, the bench guys all played well. This is probably Gamewell's best game as an Eagle, right? It has to be. Uh, if you add on the magnitude of the game, it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just one thing. Stupid observation. I still can't get used to Reddick, a pass rusher wearing number seven. Oh, that's throughout the league. I uh, know it is. B- I know it is. And then, and anybody can wear any number now. And like, okay, defensive backs wearing number two. It's like I get that, whatever. But it's just weird to me to see a a, a lineman or whatever, as you say, a football player, but a guy. Chasing down the quarterback wearing number seven, my instinct always tells me that it's like a safety. But anyway, right. uh, the, the, the NFL made that change before the year started, and uh, I think I've gotten used to it over the course of the year. Didn't like it when it started, but now I'm used to it. All right, give me. Let's get your predictions for the day, Jody Mack. The Cincinnati Bengals go into Buffalo. Uh, a highly emotional game. Of course, everybody knows that a couple weeks ago. They were playing a game that uh, was canceled when DeMar Hamlin went down. F- amazing his recovery, and that uh, I think everybody's delighted about that. A lot of pressure on both teams today. The Bills have not made a Super Bowl since the Jim Kelly era. The Bengals, you know, they, they want to waste another good chance to get there. How do you look at that one playing out? And please know as you answer, there's a good chance my dad's listening. Okay. Um, Much like yesterday's Eagle game, going into the Eagle game, the question for me was all about two guys on the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson. And they were both coming in off injuries. Yeah, Jalen played the week before, two weeks before with the bye week uh, against the Giants, but wasn't quite himself. The offense was You had to figure out what you thought those two players were going to be able to give you. If you thought it was close to 100%, the Eagles were going to win the game handily, and they did. Here's the question I have coming into Bills and Bengals today. How many turnovers is Buffalo going to have? Yeah, Josh Allen can be sloppy. The last two weeks, they've turned it over three times. I know, kept Miami in that game. They did. Uh, So if you tell me that Buffalo plays a clean game, they went at home by double digits. If you tell me they turn it over three times, I'm telling you I think they could actually lose the game. I'm going to project and predict maybe one turnover, two max, which means Buffalo wins, but a very highly contested game that goes down to the 59th minute. I get, I, I'll get. i take Buffalo by a field goal. All right, so my dad will have a happy dinner, so that's a good thing. Um one of the guys in the pregame show yesterday, and I, I forget which guy it was that I work with, might have been Ike, said that Josh Allen is this generation's Brett Favre. And, and not saying, you know, Brett Favre is a Hall of Famer, three-time MVP, but that 
he is an amazing talent who sometimes does things that you just slap your hand and go, like, what the hell was he thinking? And that's an interesting thing. All right, Dallas, San Francisco tonight, 65% of the 6,000 people who have answered the Twitter poll today want to see the Eagles play Dallas. Jody, will they get their wish? Um, let's say the 49ers win the game tonight. Do you know what the combined record of the two starting quarterbacks next week in Philadelphia would wow. be coming into that game? Well, like something like 25 and 1. 23 and 23 1. 23 and 1. There you go. Uh, well, Purdy it would, be would 24 go 24 and 2 after next week. Right. Purdy Purdy will go to 8 and 0 oh, and Jalen in games that he started is 15 and 1. How about that for a matchup? Yeah. Two quarterbacks combined 23 and 1 on the season. Meeting for the NFC Championship. Yeah, and neither game. a first-round pick, by the way. Correct. A second and a Mr. Irrelevant. Um, yeah, I think the 49ers are going to win. I think they're the better team. I think those that aren't giving Brock Purdy credit for what he's done are underselling the Cinderella story. Uh, I told you this two weeks ago. Uh, the last time I remember this, you and I were working together in 1999. Kurt Warner's got to come back to the pack. This guy played in the Arena League. He was in NFL Europe. How can he be doing what he's doing? And he kept doing it all the way through the Super Bowl. So uh, I have respect for Brock Purdy. For me, that's the difference. Some people want to call it fear and then turn their nose up at it. I don't fear the 49ers. I respect the 49ers. I'd rather get the easier way in. I don't think they get it. I think the Cowboys lose by at least a touchdown. Yeah, uh, I would love to see uh, – God, I've never said this in my life. I would love to see the Cowboys win. Do not save that sound, Dan, because uh, I never <laughs> want that to play again. But I would. Uh, I think they lose by double digits. I think it's going to actually be ugly and early and uh, not much of a game. Uh, Dan Wilson, we have really just about one minute for you to tell us what we forgot to talk about today. Well, so really quick, I know you guys discussed this last week. It's something that uh, was made much of during the week. Teams now who are 2-0 against opponents during the regular season and face them in the playoffs, now 16-9. and The Eagles won 38-7. Can we finally bury the narrative that it's Please. tough to beat a team three times? It's ludicrous and ridiculous, and why people even give it any time or merit, I don't understand. Yeah, it's a myth. Uh, and this year, you had the Niners with, with uh, Seattle. You had the Eagles with the Giants. I think it should, uh, it should go away forever. And then really quick, my other thing. Uh, so obviously an interesting situation in the AFC today. If the Bills win, that would set up an AFC championship against the Chiefs next week in Atlanta, at, of course at a neutral site because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. Do either of you find it a bit odd that today's Bills-Bengals game, of course the two teams that played in that Monday night game, is not also at a neutral site given that that could have flipped the location of today's game? Nope. No, it should be in Buffalo. Thank you. Well, it, 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 Glenn says that because he's a Buffalonian. I say that because the, the game wasn't played. So check the standings. Whoever had the better record, that'd be the Bills. They got to be the home team. And by the way, there is a bit of a move um, to say that future conference games should be on conference championships, should be on neutral sites. Uh, I would hate to see that. Hate it. Uh, I, I think that would be a really bad idea. Part so. of why you play as hard as you do for 17 weeks is to get that championship game in your house, which we know is coming to Philadelphia here next week because they earned it. It should not be taken from them. And you and I, Jody, will have the opportunity to tee that one up next Sunday morning. I'm looking forward to it. Jody, you have a great rest of your day, my friend. Partner, have a good week. I'll talk to you next Sunday at 10. All right. Thank you, Dan Wilson, for producing. Great job, as always. 
Um, enjoy the games today, everybody. I will talk to you next week right here on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.